Welcome to the CDH Conversations podcast channel. The thought behind such a podcast was to inform our clients as well as respective clients about the various ins and outs of our real estate law practice, to start a discussion with clients on topics that they have interest in, and hopefully start a conversation where we can answer a lot of those questions or at least clarify and explain. Our conversations will hopefully guide you by explaining various new legislations, case law, various general procedures, and changes to procedures as they will affect you. One of our first topics is going to be on various clearance certificates. We often get questions from first-time property sellers in particular asking about various clearance certificates. Sellers need to obtain quite a few clearance certificates and as such are not always aware of the certificates which need to be obtained, the costs involved, why they need to be obtained and in which province they need to be obtained. Today we have the head of department for the real estate department at Cliff Hofmeyer with us, Mohamed Gatu. He is going to be answering the general question of clearance certificates. What are they? When do we need them? Where do we need them? And why do we need them? Mohammed, can you tell us a bit more about today's topic, please? Good afternoon. Thank you, Kirsty. As attorneys that handle many transfers of properties, and we handle volumes of them, and sale agreements for houses, mainly residential, and we speak in mainly in the residential space here. The one thing we consistently note is that many sellers are not aware of the certificates they have to supply when they sell their property. And the need why we find this so topical is that it can be costly, but a worthwhile exercise on the certificates which are required when you sell your property. It's common cause that sellers in general, when they want to sell their properties, they understand that they need a rights clearance certificate and a levy clearance certificate in instances where they live in a sectional scheme. So we're not going to go into the discussion about rights clearances and levy clearances because most sellers and purchasers are aware of the requirement. But more often than not, what we find is that that's where it stops. Uh, they'll stop at the rates or levy clearance certificate and think there's nothing further required from their side. And this essentially creates problems going down the line for both sellers and purchasers. When the certificates which are required in terms of legislation or practice or bylaws are not provided, and it creates a problem for the seller in that they may have claims against them when after a property is transferred. It creates a problem for the purchaser in that if he does not obtain those certificates, which he by law is required to have, may have be a costlier exercise for him later down the line to effect whatever repairs need to be made to his property after the property is transferred. So essentially there's five certificates and some of them are province dependent, like you said, jurisdictive dependent. The others are legislatively required. So one of them is a requirement in terms of practice, but there's five certificates essentially which you would supply when you sell your home. Number one, the electrical compliance certificate, the electric fence certificate, gas compliance certificate, water or plumbing certificate, and the beetle certificate, which is more commonly known as the entomologist certificate. These certificates are normally obtained by the seller at his own cost, and anything that must be fixed prior to transfer needs to be done by the seller. When people hear all the certificates, they get scared. It becomes daunting. Most houses nowadays are in good shape. You don't need to do too much work on it. And, you know, the certificates are not as expensive as they may seem or as people may contemplate that it's going to be a huge bill to get repairs done or certificates issued. And there are specialist companies that normally get involved in getting these certificates sorted out for you. Shoo, that is quite the list of certificates. Could you tell our listeners a bit more about each certificate, please? So we'll take a look at the various certificates. And, you know, the most common one in property transactions is the electrical compliance certificate. 
essentially in short, the electrical certificate certifies that the electrical installations on the property complies with prescribed standards of safety. It's issued by an electrician who needs to be registered. And this is governed in terms of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. One thing must be noted here is that the certificate can't be older than two years if it's not obtained immediately. If it's not obtained immediately and it has been issued probably, say, six or eight months prior to the transfer taking place, we still need to ensure that no alterations, modifications, or any changes to the building's electrical installations were effected since the issuing of the certificate. Otherwise, the seller will be required to issue a new certificate. The cost of these certificates are normally for the seller, but more often than not, in a lot of transactions nowadays, you will find that the parties agree, and they may do so, that the purchaser will carry the cost of getting the electrical compliance certificate. And the sellers are normally prepared to reduce the selling price of the property by whatever value of the electrical installations that need to be repaired. It is a common occurrence nowadays, but that also can be done in the contract between the parties. They can agree upon that. It's a duty upon the conveyance to ensure that the certificate is in place before the transfer actually is effected. You don't want to have a purchaser which sits with a property which has a couple of hundred thousand rand worth of electrical installations which needs to be repaired after the transfer takes place. So the onus is also on the conveyance to ensure that that certificate is in place before transfer. But what if a seller is selling his or her unit in a sectional scheme or if the property falls within a homeowner's association and there's an electric fence around its perimeter? Another certificate which is very closely linked to the electrical compliance certificate would be the electric fence certificate. Now, since October 2012, if you change ownership of your property and you have an electrical fence installation, you will need an electrical fence certificate as well. It's not necessary where the electrical fence is communal. You know, if you're in a sectional title scheme, it forms part of the body corporate. It's the homeowner's responsibility. But if you have an electric fence on your own property, you need to ensure that the electrical fence installation also complies with the Occupational Health and Safety Act. The certificate also, unlike an electric compliance certificate, only needs to be obtained if a change was made to the electric fence after installation and the original certificate was issued. What is interesting here is that there's no time limit on the validity of the certificate itself, unlike with the electrical compliance certificate, which has a two-year time period validity. So it can be older than two years, it's still acceptable, but you must just be wary as well that more often than not, banks may ask if you're taking mortgage finance on the property. Banks may ask for more recent or updated electrical fence certificate, especially if on the site inspection, you can see there has been some damage or some changes to the electrical fence installation itself. The other certificate, which is also not applicable to every instance, only instances where you have the specific installation is the gas certificate. More and more people are moving towards green homes and using more cleaner forms of energy. So a lot of houses nowadays have gas installations and a gas certificate is required if you are utilizing gas instead of electricity. The gas certificate, similar to the other certificates, will certify and ensure that gas installations in the property complies with the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Similarly, with the electrical fence certificate and unlike the electrical compliance certificate, there's no restriction on the validity period of the certificate. It can be older than two years. The only thing is banks will normally insist on having a recent certificate. So it's also dependent on which financier you're using to finance the acquisition of the property. The next two certificates which we'll talk about are very specific to certain regions. They are jurisdictive. So you have the Beatle certificate, which is more commonly known as the entomologist certificate. This certificate is not legislated. It's a certificate which certifies that wood structures on the property are free from certain beetles and other wood-destroying insects. It's also only necessary if it's expressly stated in the sale agreement. 
But the practice, it has developed over the years and has become firmly embedded in property transactions. So more often than not, in the KwaZulu-Natal area, you will always find that the purchasers will ensure that a clause is in their agreements of sale to say that an entomologist or beetle certificate needs to be provided by the seller. Who would carry the cost of obtaining such an entomologist certificate? The cost of obtaining such a certificate also is for the seller's account. Similarly, with the electrical fence certificate and the gas certificate, there is no time frame required for the validity period of the certificate. However, it's very unlikely that you would get a purchaser that would actually accept a certificate which is five or eight years old. With the rapid changes in climate and everything else, they probably would want a more recent certificate as well. The certificate is with the others are obtained before transfer is delivered to the conveyancer or the purchaser before the transfer would take place. The last one which we will mention is the plumbing certificate. It's specifically required in the city of Cape Town municipality in terms of their bylaws. It's a certificate which certifies that water installations in the property is in line with municipal and building guidelines. It has to be issued by a registered and qualified plumber, and it can be issued at any time. It doesn't have the same two-year requirement as does the electrical compliance certificate. Can the parties contract out of such plumbing compliance certificate requirements? The parties cannot agree to contract out of this at all. It is contained in the bylaws. It is a requirement which must be complied with, and they normally would lodge this plumbing certificate with the municipality. What is interesting to note is that on all of these certificates, none of these certificates are lodged at the deeds office, unlike with the rates clearance certificate. These certificates are delivered to the purchaser before transfer, and it's the onus and responsibility of the conveyancing or transferring attorney to ensure that these certificates are all in place and he or she has collected them before the transaction actually registers at the deeds office. Once you decide to sell your property, you have a fixed amount in mind which you want to obtain from the net proceeds from the sale. So it's a good idea to always get a preliminary inspection done on your property by an electrician, plumber, a gas installer, or any other professions which are required to be involved to get these certificates issued. So you pick up potential problems that must be corrected sooner rather than later. You know, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where there are issues with installations or with the plumbing installations or your electric fence, etc., that could hold up or jeopardize any sale agreement. We find very often that these certificates, sellers don't even think about obtaining the certificates. Many instances, purchasers don't know any better and they'll accept transfer of the property as is without ensuring that these certificates are in place, which like we said, later down the line can either cause your transaction to fall through or you may be lumped with a whole lot of costs after transfer takes place, which you won't expect. Similarly for the seller, if he has a certain price fixed in mind as to what he wants to sell his property for, he needs to be aware that these costs may actually impact the net amount he's going to get out. So it's better for him to upfront get these issues all resolved and certificates in place before he markets his property and tries to obtain the price which he's looking for the property. What we've dealt with here focused mainly on sale of existing residential structures. If you're buying in a new development and that will be in a separate discussion, which you can always publish at a later stage, there's a whole host of other documents which are required as well. You know, you get the NHPRC certificate, your occupancy certificate, your structural engineer certificates. Those are all when you're buying a new development. But we will, in due course, have a podcast on that and we'll discuss those requirements as well. Just so that when purchasers buy new developments, they are aware of what is required in those instances as well.
Thank you for joining me on this podcast and having the conversation with me. Hopefully, it will be of benefit to our clients or to any other parties that are interested in purchasing new properties or if they're first-time purchasers, they are aware of the essential requirements when they do get involved in this kind of transaction or do conclude a sale agreement. That's wonderful, Mohammed. Thank you so much for answering these questions. We hope it has helped a lot of potential future first-time sellers in understanding the various certificates that they will need to acquire. I know these certificates can probably feel like quite a burden to a seller, but hopefully the sellers will remember that when they are the purchasers for hopefully their new home after selling their current home, that they will also benefit from the protection afforded from these certificates. We really do appreciate your time and your input in this regard. Thank you, Kirsty. The views and information expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily present those of the firm. All content is provided for general purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. We make no representations, warranties or guarantees, whether expressed or implied, that the content on our podcast is accurate, complete, up-to-date or reflects the current law. We accept no responsibility for any loss or damage, whether direct or consequential, arising from reliance on the information which is presented here.